this is Karina, and you're listening to Bold, Brown and British, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it means to be a brown person in a Western world. We've spoken about colorism, third culture identity, and dating amongst many others in this podcast. So if this sounds like the type of content that you want to hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also message us on Instagram. The handle is at Bowl, Brown, and British, or drop us an email via our website at www.bowlbrownbritish.com. So without further ado, let's get on with this week's episode. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I mean, things could be better. Isn't that the whole theme of this one? <laughs> I know. Well, I know it's funny because I almost put off recording this podcast for the very reason that the podcast is about um, the theme. So as an introduction, what I'd love to talk about is burnout and more specifically workplace burnout like I I was kind of googling it because I wanted to have either a like a definitive I guess definition of what it is but also to figure out is this actually something that's diagnosed you know what exactly is it so the definition I came across is job burnout or work It's basically a type of work-related stress, and it's a state of physical, emotional exhaustion, which involves a state of reduced accomplishment and sometimes loss of personal identity. It's not a medical diagnosis. However, it is an accumulation of other conditions or can be caused by other mental or physical conditions. And I I mean, everyone, firstly, if you are one of those people that are experiencing burnout I think it's important to say everybody has experienced burnout at least once in their career and if you haven't it's probably something not so fun that you have to look forward to it's just one of those things I think the thing that I I had to kind of come to terms with is that it's not related to work ethic and it's not necessarily your fault all the time. No, I definitely think that's true because um, uh, in my um, previous, previous job, um, I literally got to a fork in the road where I've been working really late hours. So it's almost that physical exhaustion and so what. But like, and even when I handed in my notice, I decided that like, yes, I am physically burnt out and also just mentally checked out. But I didn't stop working, uh, even to my very last day. I was still putting in the hours, things that need to be done. And again, like, I did, uh, I spent so, so much extra time doing a handover and everything else. So there was nothing to say like, oh, I wouldn't still do the work or anything else. But there's just times and again, where you're just, like you've just checked out or again it's got to such a bad point and I kind of wish I would recognize the signs a lot earlier so I didn't have to get to the point of checkout like burnout is a bit different to checked out so I think um, like something that um, you kind of need to navigate and try and cope with as well a lot better Mm because I think yeah you get to a part where it gets to other consequences and this is where you start thinking about leaving your job or again it's not for you or anything else like that so like it's better to kind of like keep it in check or again find a coping um, mechanism to help you like uh, get through it or again something you just overcome 
uh, and things are back to normal maybe like uh, for some people yeah definitely and I think what you said is really interesting because checking out is a symptom of burnout however not always because there's a lot of reasons you can be checked out at work it could mm. be because of the environment it could also be unfortunately it could be due to work ethics you know some people are just more checked out at work than others are but burnout is very different because I often found that the times I have burnt out I didn't realize until it was way too late until I was either the verge of burnout or I was in the midst of it let alone like Mm. you know at that point where I'm like oh my god I'm so burnt out and I think the Mm. I think the reason for that is because it's such an accumulation of really small things which unless you're checking in with yourself constantly it can be it can be easily missed I think Mm. and again sometimes um like it's uh like factors out of your control you can't really control how much work comes in um and again like they always say like oh time management and things like that but that like there's just not enough time in the day to be managing your time um in order to not reach that physical exhaustion and then other kind of pressures like deadlines and also like being able to deliver not letting people down and um also like if you have to be in the office physically then that is another kind of like physical like aspect that um counts into everything that all contributes towards um everything else and then let alone the kind of like stresses and pressures you'll have at work that everyone uh, faces so it's um yeah finding a way to like cope with it but again sometimes those things are so out of your control and when you kind of push yourself way too far you don't really realize it because you're trying to keep going trying to meet these deadlines trying to um yeah um take everything off the list and everything else that you just don't realize how far you push yourself and like by that point I think your brains run too far from your body to to kind of notice that you've um, been burnt out definitely and I think that you're right so you know just link listing off some of the mental and physical symptoms so Mental, I think this mental symptoms are often the ones that come later, but they're, and, and they're the kind of bigger, I guess, tick boxes to you noticing that, hang on, perhaps I'm heading towards a burnout. And, you know, they can be your mood. So you have a lower or depressed mood. You can feel a little bit kind of, it, it starts off with kind of imposter syndrome and it can goes into not feeling valued, not feeling a little bit worthless in self-confidence, losing the interest of pleasure, doing the stuff that you normally would like, concentration issues, as you said, checking out at work. But because burnout is caused by chronic stress, I think it's really helpful to also be aware of how this stress affects our bodies physically. You know, it can be it can be felt physically in terms of having more aches and pains and it can be lower energy levels, changes in appetite. You know, I've had, I've heard people that have like something as high, uh, something as significant as higher blood pressure. Um, to, and, you know, but also smaller things like you just have a slightly poorer immune system and you just get sick more often. You're having 
more headaches and you have slight issues with sleeping. And the thing with these physical symptoms is that alone and isolated, you wouldn't necessarily link them to a burnout. You would, like, you know, for example, if you were having stomach problems, you could easily be like, you know what, I've been eating really badly. That's probably why. Or if you're not getting sleep, you can be like, oh, it's probably because I've, you know, I have that coffee and I'm just wired. And that's why, like, it's it's very easy to excuse these physical symptoms because it's not, burnout is not the only reason you would have them. You know, it's only when you add them to the mental symptoms and you're like, hang on. But by the time the mental symptoms come, it's way over the line where you are 100% at the beginning of that burnout if not further in yeah because um we had um some experts come in from mind and um they were kind of like explaining that actually a lot of it is like a rubber band like you start penting up all these kind of things where like you're running at 100 miles your body starts feeling it first so when you start feeling like oh a couple of headaches maybe it's migraines if you suffer from migraines um and things like that like it might not come at the exact time that oh you're feeling at your peak stress um and again it's probably a bit late when you kind of notice those things but like any kind of like oh back aches or shoulder aches where you're like actually nothing seems to be linking towards anything it's usually the first signs that your body is telling you like you are like getting to this point um of like exhaustion and it's just penting up and it's just your kind of body uh, doing a warning sign saying like you need to look after yourself um for um like you get depleted definitely so i think let's take a a a bit of a step back you know or rather we're looking at this at the moment from the person who is burnt out and we'll come back to them how to kind of cope with it and how you can how you can manage that if you are feeling that but i think there's also a lot to be said about what causes burnout and thus what manage managers can do to to kind of eliminate this you know because I think so for example a lot of burnout can be as you said because of unreasonable time pressures you know because they there's just so much work to do you know so unreasonable time pressures and linked to an unmanageable workload for example and it can mean that people are just feeling a little bit hopeless and they're feeling overwhelmed and like for example I think there's a stat that employees that say that they have enough time to do their work are 70% less likely to experience burnout versus individuals who don't which are ridiculous Mm -hmm. like 70% is an insane number and I think it's just something that's not really spoken about as much yeah and I'm sure like almost everyone sort of experiences where you just feel like oh there's not enough people to do the work that there's not enough time in the day and again like um, whether you take clients or again uh, maybe your manager or your director or whoever's the boss of your company is just setting these like um, very short deadlines that it's not even enough physical time in the day and again you're like as most people like kind of go you don't work one thing at a time you're working in like um like uh, multiple projects in one go so it's just like oh everything needs your attention everything needs that amount of attention and um hours dedicated to it and there's just not enough time in the day and you're kind of like nine till five sort of thing uh to get it done so then I think as well actually we never really touched on like 
um, yeah, after COVID, we're working from home. So there's just no distinction between clocking on at nine and then clocking off at six. And then we're just never switching off. Probably oh, got gosh, like yes. a, a work phone or work work emails on your uh, your own like personal phone maybe and keep checking check it on the weekends you're not switching off as well it's like which really uh, brings plays a big part into burnout where you're just like not being able to separate work from your personal life and having that work-life balance definitely and you know especially when you're working from home a lot of us have were or are still you know working off our dining room tables and you're you know, or even working from the bedroom, depending on how much space you have. Um, and it's so difficult because previously where you go into the office, you go in and you physically leave, you know, you're physically leaving the space. And I think there's a lot to be said about using your commute as a bit of a downtime. And then you'd go meet your friends or you might, you know, you might do whatever after work, but that's your after work time. And there was that physical separation, but now they're isn't really that and there is that blur I think it's very easy to bring quite literally your work home and as you said you're like it's it's easy to be like oh I've not really got much to do oh maybe I'll just log in to work and oh maybe I'll just check my email maybe I'll just respond to this one thing and mm. before you know it becomes mm. a habit doesn't it and it, it can yeah yeah because um actually uh... Um, I kind of never thought about this, but um, I remember a girl from my old work was saying that like um, she would actually make sure she'd fold down her desk that she has her work laptop during the um, Corona times. Um, and she said, like, I have to physically fold that uh, table down and shut my laptop and put it away because otherwise I will be touching it. Uh, and then like going through, um, like working through the evening and then all of a sudden it's like now it's bedtime, like you've had no downtime. You have haven't had time to unwind you haven't had to time to do anything for, for yourself or even looked after yourself to cook your dinner and things like that yeah. which um yeah you realize is now becoming a luxury and things like that because it's not enough time in the day yeah definitely and I think that I I mean similarly to that I previously um when COVID started I had set up my work desk you know with my like two screens and whatever in my bedroom and I realized that I just wasn't getting enough sleep because every time I'd I'd imagine that dreaded ping of that email or of team, <laughs> I would just kind mm. of think and I would just be alert the entire night. And I was like, no, I need a physical separation. And, you know, it wasn't, don't get me wrong, it wasn't necessarily far because all it went is from my bedroom to the living room slash dining room. Um, and if you know, like London spaces, it's barely a couple of steps away but even that did so much and I think there's there is something to be said about that physical distinction but also going back to that role aspect um, sometimes it's just a lack of clarity in what your job actually is and you know I think I've certainly had it where I just didn't know what was expected of them you know what things like they're moving targets and people are just exhausted but trying to figure out what the hell am I meant to be doing? What does the 
the business, the team, my manager, what do they actually want me to do? Like, what does success look like? And I think as a manager, mm. it's really important to define what does success look like and be be super clear about that, but also offer that communication and support and almost like a, like a psychological, I call it the psychological buffer of stress. I think that makes sense because um, like, and again, like in one of my previous jobs, it's kind of that thing where it's like, uh, where the targets are always moving, you can just never hit it. So you're very unfulfilled in like, and like, you just don't get that sense of achievement. So you start getting to that negative mindset being like, oh, what's the point? I'm never hitting these targets. I seem to be failing in all aspects of my like objectives or um, or goals. And I might not be getting a promotion or again, people are thinking I'm not good at my job. I can't even tick the boxes, um, let alone like be like hitting the higher goals and things like that. And then as well, I think like uh, it's quite important for managers to be able to kind of recognize that actually yeah your team does need guidance even if it's literal like I need to lay down the road plan to you or um or be honest if you don't know what the road plan is you're probably probably that manager is getting the same thing from their bosses being like yeah I don't know what they want they keep moving the targets they keep changing their minds and things like that it's actually quite nice to have that transparent honest conversation uh, with your um subordinates or your direct reports and being like, not gonna lie, uh, the CEO above me like uh, like keeps changing his mind every day. So I can't set your targets, but I'll be honest with you. And again, you can be honest with me, and yeah. it's a two way conversation. Yeah, like, we'll I, navigate this together. But yeah, I I recently worked on a project that it was that like there was just so many with with this particular team. It was so many moving targets, so many things that kept changing and, you know, things that would be approved and then it would be like, nope, changed our mind very late, you know, very late, very last minute. And it was just, it was so frustrating. And initially I started by kind of covering it up. And then I was like, no, this is, this is not going to work because then my team are going to just going to get frustrated. And I found that, you know, what <laughs> actually came up uh, as a bit of an accident because I, was just really frustrated and I turned around to my team one day and I was like you know what I don't even know what the hell they want but that <laughs> level of open communication led to the team feeling a lot more supported because they're like you know what it's not because we don't know what to do or we're not being told it's because at least at the very at, at the very least you feel that yeah I don't know what to do and my manager doesn't know what to do, but it's not because she's not trying and I know she's trying or he is trying the best of their ability to figure it out. And mm -hmm. as a result, you feel a lot more supported because you're like, okay, at least at the very least you can complain about it. Right. Like I found that I have my team that actually, whilst they yeah complain a little bit more to me, but I'd much rather that because them venting, prevents that burnout, prevents them from being alienated from the job and the work-related activities, you know, that mm. some, if if it means that a three to five minute rant, or it means that, oh my God, I jump, I'm just really stressed. And if that means that it's going to become, you know, less stressful and frustrating and 
cause the cause you to become a little less cynical about the working conditions and the people that you work with then do that like i 100% would say it's not worth the emotional exhaustion now that is to say like mm. <laughs> i do have to say that where i'm saying that from from the perspective of somebody who has the i've i've had the honor of working with a good manager but i've also experienced burnout when i've not been like there is zero chance that i would have been able to go to my manager and say hey i'm feeling already overwhelmed because it would be seen badly you know it would be like mm. oh then you can't do your job properly or it would lead to unfair treatment like favoritism or you know mistreatment from yeah or whatever so those things already exist and I don't want to sit here and say like oh you can just talk to your manager and it'll all be okay because how many no, times you, um, you need to do that yeah no exactly um and it's horrible to say sometimes you need to know who you can trust uh and yeah. like the right thing to say because again not every manager is very understanding um and again especially when um you uh it's tasks that they directly set you then mm. you don't want uh, they uh, you don't want them to feel like you're attacking them being like yeah you can't work out uh, like have you not worked out that like this is physically impossible and you're dr- driving me to the ground um sort of thing but it does pay to say like yeah um like just having that honest conversation saying like oh uh, it's not you it's the managers or the uh, person above or the client um I can't figure their minds out or change their minds that actually makes like the employee or your direct report feel so much better that a it's not personally them that like is incompetent or can't do the job it's literally just something slightly beyond their control and again it's not like um yeah for them to feel bad about it or take it personally and be like oh I've just done such a crap job or everything else or it wasn't good enough and actually like you just being honest and saying like um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what to suggest because they've changed. The clients changed their mind. Um, just makes it feel uh, makes them feel a lot better. And as well, I think. Um, and I appreciated this from one of my older managers. Like she would be in the same. Like say she'd be in the same boat, being like, "No, like um, I've actually been feeling that, and I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm also really frustrated with um, the client, the artist." that kind of stuff and then that makes you feel so much better where you're like okay I now understand where you're coming from and also where the problem lies and then that way I was actually able to help navigate it more or kind of being able to tweak what like my approach was in like it was selling the same idea but actually all you had to do was tweak the approach and make it feel like it was their idea and yeah get it across the line like yeah I was going to say there's I think there's a lot to be said about open transparent communication and conversations on there in general so let's talk about no before you reach burnout to how how do you avoid burnout you know like I it's I always say like you know take your annual leave but what happens if you feel like you can't because of the workload Mm. no because uh me and you were saying this but um I always have trouble taking annual leave because I can never switch off or there's something or another that requires your attention while you're off. And while I'm not, might not be working the nine till six, I'm still constantly having to check emails. And like, and I guess this is a personal preference and obviously depends on the severity or, um, or if there's enough cover um, like put in place for 
your work but having that kind of like actual switch off like and we always encourage each other ourselves and yet we've never managed to do it but my advice would definitely be when you take your annual leave you take your annual leave um because I think that's when like there's just no boundaries anymore um and everything else so I think you need to switch off especially when you're paying for a vacation or again even if you took an annual leave just for a day off for whatever reason like you have taken that annual leave take it yeah and I think that in a way it gets harder the more you go up in your career because you know as mid-level like it's I find it easier to switch off when I was an assistant in an exec position because I was like eh, fuck it you know somebody else was just <laughs> the job but then th- the more I've kind of climbed that ladder you're like well there isn't anyone and I'm still needed for certain decisions and I think it can be really difficult to resist that urge to be like oh maybe maybe I should just be available but you just need to you just need to for at least one of your annual leave how it doesn't matter how long it is you know it can be a day I don't Mm. necessarily care but for at least one section of your annual leave you need to be like I am unreachable I'm not going to check work and you just need to have that willpower and you know Mm. also trying to finish work on time I know without the commute and without the pressures of you know managing house chores and work and everything else and also staying at home and I think COVID has it's just had such a shift in people's mental health and well-being because for example just to put in perspective a week's worth of burnout so just a week in which you're feeling burnout which is probably the least level you're going to get takes 22 Mm. weeks to recover from. Now put that in perspective. (laughs) We've all been stuck at home with a variety of, you know, mental, physical health issues. It's been a huge pandemic for a year and a half. I had burnout Mm -hmm. on top of that. You're probably talking a lot more than 22 weeks. So I think it's okay. Yeah, how many weeks are how many weeks are in uh, a year and a half (laughs) yeah right exactly so I think it's so it'll take us 10 years to recover (laughs) (laughs) like it's easier to work late in the evening to try and get everything done but and once in a while this is okay right like there will always be a big deadline that you need to finish and ahead of that deadline you just need to and that is inevitably going to happen whether we want to or not and that's not okay but fine you know you you can accept that but Mm -hmm. as a general rule I really think there is a lot to be said about finishing work on time most days and I I found that like I needed to physically give myself something to do so it would be that you know as soon as I finish I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to you know do some yoga I'm going to start cooking like it's has to be a an activity that's so different that it forces you to switch off and it can be something as simple as you know what I'm gonna finish I'm gonna take a shower or I'm gonna as I said start cooking Mm. I'm gonna read a book I'm gonna I don't know video game I'm going to do whatever that activity is find one activity and that's your 
switch off routine and that can be changed as well you know I'm not saying you have to do the same thing mm-hmm. every day because you you might get bored <laughs> or you might be someone that wants that routine you know like similar to the commute I think there's also a lot to be said about routine but finishing the work on time and I just you know what like I feel like such an auntie when I say this but it's that turn off your sleep <laughs> before you go to bed go to sleep <laughs> you know <laughs> no but because like uh, like being in lockdown has really blurred the lines and everything else it's like oh yeah you either go from your living room to your bedroom like it's not really much of a kind of like switch off or as you said it's like five steps so it doesn't really feel like you move very far um mm. like when you're working from home so that's why you sometimes need that physical activity and that buffer like that switch off like uh, like whatever it may be like yeah as you said if I'm spending an hour cooking that's an hour that like yeah I'm winding down or um uh yeah uh, taking on a task that actually requires my attention that's personal rather than like work related at all and then helps you kind of like find that little wall and separation and a way to close the door or close the screen like properly so like yeah and again for people to know you're offline as well <laughs> yeah like recovery from burnout takes a year to several years so it's just ideal if you don't get to that point when you have reached burnout how have you coped with it what have you done <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't suggest like getting to my point um, of the f- road um, like, in my kind of like, like I, I physically did it because I was like every time I've reached burnout. <laughs> I, well, to be fair now, I think I've only reached burnout one twice previously mm. like in previous jobs. And both times I've not dealt with it well in that I've just left. I've just quit the job. And I've yeah. I've... Job and you, and like, don't do that. You know, like don't take yeah. our commitment phobia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at a company for a good six years, but I just got to a point of like complete burnout that literally I just couldn't see myself staying there. I physically couldn't. That was the thing. I was so checked out. And again, I was just so drained. I ended up um, like leaving the company and so what and yeah it's that thing where like I'm sh- like I'm sure if there was something that could be done earlier down the road where I didn't really hit burnout then that wouldn't have been the kind of like subsequent like result um, afterwards but it kind of happened and again sometimes you need like to make big decisions for yourself where you take control of your narrative that was a thing like from when I first handed in my notice it was all about actually just taking control of narrative because as you said you feel like oh um yeah I'm not great at my job I feel like an imposter and that kind of stuff which was ridiculous because I've been in the job for six years but it got to that point where like oh you're feeling that negative cycle all over again so it was one way to snap out of it um and everything else and yeah, needless to say, I did have those days where like, I actually physically just couldn't go to work. And that is the actual like b- bad consequences of it. But you're just so not traumatized, but it does feel like, oh, my God, um, I can't even physically bring myself to wake up for work or actually go into work uh, or log on or whatever it is. So yeah. hitting that point is like not what I'd recommend. So yeah, just definitely. recognizing the signs earlier. Definitely. And also recognizing the signs and acknowledging that, like, you know what, I'm headed towards burnout or I am 
at that point where I'm now burning out or burnt out. And I think recognizing the signs, acknowledging it and being like, it's, it's okay. Like there's no shame in it. And then talk to your, you know, your manager, your supervisor, your boss, whoever. And just because I think a lot of it, because it is relatively common. I think a lot of people, you'd be surprised at how supportive they probably will be and how much they can, Mm. you know, sympathize with you. And if they don't, then, you know, we, that's a different conversation about essentially a toxic workplace, but you know, generally, I think they they probably would. And I think you just, once you reach that stage, you just need to take some time off, you know, because the only way to properly recover mm-hmm. is to just to detach yourself from that environment for a little while, you know, whether that could be a holiday or, or whether that's just a couple of days, you know, because whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a week, it's a, a day or two weeks, you do need to detach and allow yourself to just step back and refresh your mind a little bit. Because mm. again, you need recovery time um, and everything else. And if you've already hit that point where, yeah, you just physically can't bring yourself to work, you're not good, no good to anyone. So at least if you can have a conversation with your manager, because um, again, I think um, when I had that conversation with my manager, she was like, I didn't realize you were feeling like that. And she was genuinely like, you should have told me earlier, I probably could have done something like moved some work around or again, um, looked um, for maybe some out of house, um, a, a freelancer or something to take on the work. Um, but I was like, oh, unfortunately, at my point, I was a bit, uh, it got a bit too late. And again, I just felt like, oh, I was a bit scared to be like, oh, I physically can't do the work anymore. Um, like, oh, handle the work anymore. And would that mm-hmm. hinder like um like obviously like open a can of worms uh, and so on and then um as well our company uh, my uh, previous one of my previous companies um actually looked at getting a subscription to like mind or unmind um and other kind of like various uh, health apps that um aren't necessarily about like um diagnosing you or wh- whatever it is saying like um you uh, um uh, yeah you're, you're suffering from like anxiety or uh, or uh, suffering from panic attack or anything like that but just kind of like tips of like oh um yeah um uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed maybe um there's a helping like breathing exercise or um or there's certain things that kind of like help you um like certain like positive words that they show you uh, to kind of like keep reinforcing you over an app which is quite nice I think like um, any kind of like things like that where you can kind of um, small little things that you can do to help cope during the day and just get some positive reinforcement and like help yourself like finish up your day but on a bit more of a like help like something that self-helps um, and helps you on self-care as well was quite good yeah um, I also think it's it's important to find your why you know the like every time I've reached burnout, I've had to a take some time off. Like I think you do just need to do that. But in that, I think you also need to find out the the why, the why this job, why this role, why this industry, or why this company, and mm. we relearn to love those again. Because I think it's easy yeah. to get so stuck in the day to day. Like I've done it, where I'm like. 
this project hasn't worked and that person did this and this happened and that happened. And then, you know, I think about like, the, oh my God, I'm hating everything. But then I take a step back. I'm like, well, actually I don't because I love what I do. I, you know, do I want to change industry? No, I don't. Do I, is it that a role thing? Is it a, a company thing? And really like honing in what is it that's causing the burnout and what is it that's frustrating you right now? Mm-hmm. And then taking steps to change that. And, you know, that could be, uh, okay, well, I just need to change jobs. But also it could just be something as simple as, actually, I just need to manage my time in a way better. You know, I just need to not say yes to stuff. No, of course. because um, And as well, obviously it depends on the company and how much um, – leeway and flexibility there is but um a couple of times when I've got to one of those serious conversations um my manager well one of my previous uh, employees and manager did offer saying well how would you want to structure the role like what's the I, a, absolute problem because rather than the company letting you go like sort of thing they might want to think about like just adjusting certain things it might take some time but again as long as you kind of addressed it kind of seen if there's a possibility and again like say in a positive light it's not like um yeah you saying I can't do any projects Uh, that's probably a bad conversation to have but if it's just saying like oh there's just one or two projects too many or again um I've got too many top tier clients and uh, not enough um smaller clients it's a very big imbalance it's just really hard to manage uh, or again there's too much projects on the US time which um is just mm. causing my clock to go out of whack and things like that or again if you're needing to work from home or do childcare or something like that like and it's just like it's just um like uh, having um, that kind of one hour off to pick up my kids but then I'm back online those kind of things that can be like uh, actually could be feasibly arranged like it's a bit unorthodox but again it's not like that conversation can't be had and again like as long as you approach it diplomatically um it's a conversation I'm not saying that your company will say yes because it really depends on the situation and again my company said no which like um I ended up leaving for that reason but um like they were still open to having that conversation um and like yeah uh, seeing if there was a like a way to uh, uh, like move it forward and have a resolvement so those kind of things like maybe like yeah it's um kind of like worth approaching and again it's more of a kind of like negotiation or a conversation might not happen and it's not something that you can get right like get on contract and uh, everything else but give it a go at least definitely and I think I just it's interesting because burnout's just it's so common but not so common all at the same time and it's mm. like I feel like it's I think people almost, don't go on people yeah. don't openly talk, people probably don't openly talk about it I think I was really hesitant to ever talk about it in general being like how do I admit that I didn't get up for work because I just physically couldn't and things mm. like that it was such a hard conversation to kind mm. of like say or admit to and things like that because you kind of feel like oh I'm just really bad at managing uh, like um yeah my stress levels or emotions or what whatever it is um you so I think it's such a new conversation you do yeah it's a very new conversation yeah yeah and you you feel um, incompetent so, at your job and you yeah feel like and I should be able to well, do this. why aren't I and if I tell my manager 
are they going to think that I can't juggle my workload? And then if I can't juggle my workload, I'm never going to be taken to consideration for a promotion. And it just spirals this mm-hmm. level. Like, it's just anxiety about anxiety and it's just not healthy and it's so physically draining. And I think that's the thing that burnout physically tires you out so much and the example that I have is when you're really stressed and or you're really overwhelmed and or have burnout you know when you cry and you feel drained from crying and you're like Mm -hmm. imagine if I'm feeling this drained from crying how drained must I have been to holding it all in and I think that's the bit that we forget because we need to release mm. it like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're stressed you need to find a way to release it now whether you want to scream into a pillow whether you want to go for a run and like you know physically exercise to get that stress out or whether you just want to have a you know a good old cry a classic cry it doesn't really matter there's no <laughs> shame in it that's that's the thing mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to remember that there is no shame in whatever you do to release that stress. Yeah, because otherwise everything's just going to pent up and then you're just going to start feeling like, oh, I've got a massive headache that's not gone for weeks or my shoulders. Um, well, I've had this where like my shoulders literally have been in pain for a good two weeks. And I was like, there is no like, there was no anything physical that made my shoulders hurt so much but it's just pent-up stress that like um psychiatrists have said like it's literally uh when your body is um mm. like trying to warn you um when you're just going through your low periods and as you said like everything starts knocking on and everything else but it is your brain like start starting to tell you that something is wrong and things like start manifesting like physically uh, onto you before it gets to your um uh, before you start getting the kind of like mental warning signs definitely it's man it's crazy like if everyone really is at that point where they're burnt out switch off right now like forget about any like I think it's so important to put yourself and put your health above anything else which I, I think yeah a lesson I learned way too late in life <laughs> no well I made that decision I decided to quit my job without uh having um a job to go into you? and that was <laughs> you got to put yourself first though because again there's just no company in the world um that is worth you slaving over over uh, like and uh, dying for so it's just that thing where it's uh you've got to prioritize yourself and look after yourself um, if you find a way to cope in a company and you're perfectly happy, then absolutely fine. Like there's just going to be bad days. But when you just get to that point where you've you're just depleted, you've got no more mileage left in the car, so to speak, then you just know that like something's got to give. It's either you or the company. So which one will will it be? Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been a good therapy session. I feel like even though you know, <laughs> probably it's uh, not what the, I the know. Is However, <laughs> probably should uh, yeah, but... my episode as therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe we should have given people better, um, yeah, a positive note to take from these things. <laughs> no, I think we have. I think that 
there's a lot of things you could do to reduce it what it what it kind of can feel like even though it's it's so difficult because it the signs are different for everybody you know that mm-hmm. point in which you realize the symptoms it's going to be very different like for example this is not necessarily a burnout thing but this is a when I'm really stressed and it's gonna sound so stupid and so ridiculous so caveat that when I'm feeling really stressed <laughs> I get this very strong desire to put my hair in ponytails like pigtails and it's the most bizarre <laughs> thing like I'll either do a big tail all on the side or it'll be two pigtails and the, as soon as I have that edge I'm like yep okay I am so stressed I am probably heading towards like you know a burnout in a couple of months at the mm. very most I need to take a break and that is mm. my sign to like okay I need to take a break now I'm not saying you're suddenly everybody's gonna get the you know urge to start wearing pigtails and no offense to anyone that does wear pigtails <laughs> at the moment, but you know find I know <laughs> if it's <laughs> find those uh, symptoms in you yeah because um you know yourself best or at least like just need to kind of admit to yourself like if you're not comfortable with like owning up or admitting to uh, anyone else or uh, possibly like at work if there's some restrictions um and you can't really have that open conversation um find a way to try and like cope with it first because um people say that everyone has different coping mechanisms like procrastination being quite like a classic one where actually it's just you coping it's not you being lazy it's just you being able to cope and deal with stuff um or maybe you do the opposite you get really OCD and want to clean and that's you possibly trying to control your environment around you and things like that so you've got your own telltale signs and it's fine like it's actually normal everyone's probably got very similar ones and probably you realize the person sitting next to you or your other colleague or your manager probably does the exact same thing um uh, but they're just not sharing or again it's that thing where it's like they probably don't notice that they're doing something out of like having their little outlet or little stress coping uh, stress coping coping mechanism and things like that yeah definitely well thanks for joining on this uh therapy slash episode yeah and um yeah to all your listeners um like we'd love to hear the stories or again if you have like a great coping mechanism or something yes. that's happened at work that I um, like, um, cause you, you to rethink or again notice that uh, this is what you call burnout then let us know oh Mikey you made it till the end I'm so happy well, listen if you enjoyed what you heard and you want to hear more subscribe to the podcast on well wherever you're listening to this we are on Apple Spotify Stitcher Deezer TuneIn Alexa you name it we're there so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode We also are on Instagram, which houses loads of behind-the-scenes audio snippets, polls, memes, and ways for you to get involved. So, go follow us on Bold, Brown, and British. That's the handle. And until next time, keep safe, my wonderful samosas.